Hey Greg, I know our podcast is all about fun and having a good time, but I have something more serious to talk to you about today. Sure, Tim. Lay it on me. Well, I've been working on a poem for my wife for our anniversary, and I'm trying to find the right words. Um, let me know what you think of this. It, it, it goes like this. Okay. Um, up you give, gonna never. Down you let, gonna never. You deserve in a round run, gonna never. Cry you make, gonna never. Goodbye say, gonna never. You hurt and lie a tell, gonna never. You know, Tim, that, that sounds a little familiar. Uh, maybe it goes a little something like this. You got Rick rolled. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, speaking of Rick Astley, uh, we're going to go back to July of 1987 and talk about all the great things that happened back then. Awesome. Hey, Tim, what's happening in July of 1987? In July of 1987, there were a lot of really fun movies that came out, as well as a lot of great music and some great TV shows, all kinds of fun stuff. But uh, I think we'll talk about some movies first. Summer blockbusters? Uh, yeah. Yeah. These are some big ones in July, as opposed to, you know, January and April, and yeah. had some real stinkers in the yeah, past. Yeah, so. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the first ones that... Um, was in July of 87 was Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, love that movie. <laughs> uh, that one was directed by uh, Chris Columbus. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, that name probably rings a lot of bells. done a number a of, of things, yeah. yeah. And uh, Elizabeth Shue, that was probably one of her uh, first big movies. Um, and I, I feel like there for a while she was in a bunch of, you know, pretty pretty big movies, you know, in that time frame. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Uh, uh, Karate Kid, right? She was the first girlfriend? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, I think th she kind of disappeared, though, for a, quite a while. Like, I don't remember being in much after, you know, sort of that 80s stint. You know? Yeah, agreed. I, I, other than this, uh, you know, the, the movie uh, Karate Kid and this, I, I don't think I could think of another movie with her in it. <laughs> yeah, but it is kind of cool now that, you know, uh, Karate Kid has been rebooted in Cobra Kai. So good. Yeah, and she got to make her appearance in there, which was kind of fun. It was great they brought her back. Yeah. I, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. And Cobra Kai, I mean, I had, like, mixed emotions about watching it. A lot of people were like, oh, it's so good, it's so good. And I kept putting it off, and then I finally watched it. And, of course, I was like, yeah, this is really fun. And uh, I, I won't spoil it for anybody, but there's a, a nice twist in how they approach the characters and stuff like that. So. I, me too. I, I didn't uh, watch it at first. I was like, oh, it's some cheesy thing. It's not going to be good. But, boy, did I get sucked into that show, yeah. man. It's, it's well done. It's It's good. It's like... I, I think they kind of purposely make it a little 80s cheesy-ish. You know, I don't know if uh, you agree or not, but it just seems it's like written with that 80s mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, the audience that they were definitely targeting being us, <laughs> I think they did a good job of, you know, keeping that sort of feel of the original oh, movie. But yeah. obviously, you know, it's modern times and stuff like that. But yeah, it's a lot of fun. That's cool. Yeah. I went I went on a trip to uh, Vegas recently and I got for my boys, uh, each of them, a... Um, I don't know what you'd call it. Like it goes around your license plate, like a border. Okay, yeah. And uh, for my one son, I got it says Cobra Kai, <laughs> and then for my other son, it's uh, it's LaRusso Auto. <laughs> so it's like completely nondescript yeah. unless you know the show. And then, uh, yeah. that's great. I love that. <laughs> 
yeah. then I, I, I think uh, Elizabeth Shue was also in a, there's an Amazon Prime series called The Boys, um, where she's a character, I think, in the first season of that as well. So she's getting some more roles, you know, sort of back on the scene. A little, a little <laughs> revival for Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> nice. And then I, I do know that with Adventures in Babysitting that they uh, they did the remake because everything from the 80s has to be remade. Of course, and, yeah. um, but I did not see the remake. Uh, did you? No, I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> There's just no need. Right? Um, another movie which didn't do as well in the box office, but it's one of the ones I think we might have mentioned it before um, that I really enjoyed was um, Inner Space with yeah. Dennis Quaid and Martin Short. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And our, our director, Joe Dante. Yep. Which I didn't remember any of his movies when we did the Burbs episode, but I do remember you mentioned Inner Space, yeah. one of his. And also another favorite. It was funny. It was, yeah. 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 And uh, the actress, the blonde actress. Oh, uh, right. Yeah. Meg Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Meg I love Meg Ryan. <laughs> she doesn't she like dubbed America's Sweetheart for like yeah, a I good think, decade? Yeah. I think the You've Got Mail and, yeah. and all those movies. Yeah. And, also, in I know I've mentioned it before, but Joe versus the volcano, yeah, <laughs> um, which we'll have to do a review of at some point. I, I, that movie was so ridiculous, but I used to love it. Um, but Meg, um, this is kind of a, a weird little story. But uh, back in the two thousands, um, she had been in a movie with uh, Mark Ruffalo, uh, the Hulk. called Yeah, exactly. Uh, and the movie's called In the Cut, and it's it's got sort of a racy beginning to the movie. I don't remember much of the movie, but I do remember the beginning is is a little racy and. Um, so my wife and I and her father and stepmother are, are sitting down to watch this Meg Ryan movie, which I think they're thinking it's like a You've Got Mail movie. <laughs> and so it begins and all of a sudden it's super uncomfortable. And it, basically a movie got turned off before we got very far into it because it certainly didn't match up with the, uh, the Meg Ryan of uh, You've Got Mail and things like sort that. Sort of thing, yeah. yeah. Did, did you ever make a recommendation to your parents of a movie that they turned around, like they may have watched it and they came back to you later and like what were you thinking <laughs> offhand i can't think of that specific example but yeah. I, I do know there's been some movies that my mom has said oh i should watch that and we as the kids are like no mom you shouldn't watch that you should not watch that movie. <laughs> i made the mistake of uh you know i used to i, I love movies and uh i told my mom and my dad and my aunt and my uncle oh yeah pulp fiction great movie it was a great movie and they watched it and for years they would come to me and say we're not taking one more recommendation from you that movie was awful <laughs> i'm like it was really good <laughs> but in hindsight yeah yeah it's probably a few parts of it that maybe made them question your ability to recommend movies um, so then, uh, in addition to uh, Inner Space, there was the um, follow-up to Revenge of the Nerds, Nerds in Paradise. Of course, there was a sequel. Of course, yeah. And then that movie was bad. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not very good. Next one. <laughs> yeah, moving on. <laughs> um, the it, uh, summer blockbuster, uh, this is great, Jaws 4, The Revenge. <laughs> and literally the plot is the shark wants revenge on the chief, I forget his name now, uh, and his family. So this prehistoric shark has a mind that is evolved <laughs> that is now going to hunt down and, and get this guy. Um, needless to say, Jaws 4, The Revenge was the last in the series of Jaws and did really poorly at the the yeah. box office yeah. i don't know if uh, you know we can use it but i'm gonna i'm gonna say it anyway the jump the shark moment you know <laughs> <laughs> pun intended <laughs> um and then uh also robocop came out that year uh oh, in, that month rather in uh, 87 um 
<laughs> it's one of those movies that you know it, it you go back and watch it now and it's it just seems you know pretty silly and you know a lot of the special effects are you know pretty wild but um the way that he would move it was so i mean obviously it was supposed to be robotic but yeah. it was just very clunky and <laughs> chunky and so we used to imitate him we'd walk around and sort of pivot our, our hips in a weird <laughs> slow way and then these slow plodding steps and yeah, we we had a lot of fun with, sort with of the sound it. effects too yeah, right yeah yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was a lot of fun uh, yeah, that was a great it was you know looking back i mean it was a ridiculously violent movie oh yeah, uh, yeah. was that i'm not sure if that was one of the ones that caused the r rating or the pg-13 rating to come out or not i forget um, maybe not. That might have been earlier with Gremlins, actually, yeah. now that I think about it. But it was over the top in its uh, violence. Yeah. Yeah. I, I I could be wrong and off the check this, but I feel like it was one of the movies that had like the, the highest, you know, kill <laughs> per movie kind of rating before John Wick kind of thing. Like okay. John Wick, you know, set the bar higher than yeah. that. But yeah, it was pretty intense from that standpoint. It was a cool movie, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I did. I liked it. It was it was it was a, it was a great movie. And, uh, you know, um, there's one scene. There's always like, you know, scenes in movies that stick out in your mind. And if I just say these words, you're, you know, it should come to your mind is toxic waste guy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's this scene where they're fighting. And I don't know how, but the, the one of the bad guys falls into a vat of mm-hmm. toxic waste yeah. or it gets dumped on him or something. <laughs> yeah. And then he comes out and like he's all like. Like melted and, melted yeah. and, and he comes out and like as a kid your mind's like what yeah yeah it would yeah there was a lot of that in that movie just like those crazy moments that you you know very unexpected and you know as a kid you're just like whoa yeah <laughs> intense <laughs> <laughs> oh and, and and they did do a remake yeah because they have to yeah. uh i think uh 2014 okay i did see it did you see it no i did not yeah yeah, yeah. i mean it you know obviously they modernized a lot of the you know the the style of how things could be you know presented obviously because now the cgi levels are so much better sure um you know there's like a scene where you just see you know basically the guy's head and you know like a a spine you know (laughs) (laughs) not a lot left to him and he's you know just freaking out about the Mm -hmm. reality that he's you know signed up for this you know transformation into a robotic body but uh yeah i mean it was it was entertaining it was You know, I still think the original was creative enough in the sense that it was unique, mm-hmm. and then just to reboot it and do a eh, okay job on it. it, it it's a, yeah, yeah. Um, I think I was trying to explain to my kids because they are all about the special effects, the computer graphics. Yeah, and I got them, the older boys, to watch Die Hard. Okay, and I said, and guys, you have to realize when you're watching this that none of this is computer simulated this is all like stunts and real explosions and they did like the movie but because who doesn't like die hard yeah but it definitely this generation just so the 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 special the uh, special effects are so good nowadays that there's no reason to have it live anymore yeah yeah and you know i think that's a hard thing for them to to get sometimes and also i think sometimes their expectations are like off yes. the charts like uh, jack and i were watching a movie recently and he was like yeah i just felt like the cgi was kind of meh <laughs> <laughs> i was like all right we got to watch some more old movies because clearly you have no understanding of how bad, bad. a movie really can be <laughs> but you know it is it is incredible the realism that can be achieved in today's level of it, cgi it's just yeah 
yeah. the, all of the uh, Marvel movies, um, just with the special effects in the city, the fighting in the city, like, you know, when they're fighting in uh, downtown Manhattan, uh, Manhattan, I mean, it just looks real, yeah. you know? And so for a movie without that to try to compete nowadays, I just don't think it's possible. Yeah. And it is odd when you will see a bit of, not bad, but just very clearly okay. CGI, you know, creation of a person i think probably is the one that's the most easily seen and we just watched uncharted mm. um which is with tom holland who plays you know, oh, spider-man yeah. And, yeah and there's a scene where he's jumping across these like cargo um that's falling out of the back of a, a plane and he's jumping from one to the other and when he jumps at one point you can really see that it's a, a cgi character oh, yeah and it made me think back to like the early harry potters when yeah. they're playing quidditch and you see harry and you're like oh that's you know, very clearly a CGI a pixelated character. Harry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, again, it's, you know, it's hard to, you know, I'm, I'm a graphic artist. So like, I appreciate like anybody who can do anything like that, but at the same time, you're like, eh, it could have been a little better. <laughs> <laughs> Adding a little critique there. Yeah. 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 So, uh, the next movie, uh, I think we've already sort of talked to each other about this, that we've watched this movie a lot of times. Summer school came out in July of 87. You know, I did not see it in the theaters, but it was on HBO, I guess, one summer, maybe yeah. in 88 or 89, and I must have watched it 800 times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And just, you know, the the basic premise of it was, you know, very simple, but it just it was a very watchable movie and very watchable characters. Totally. And uh, if you're not familiar with it, it's a teacher who gets um, sucked into having to teach summer school. And uh, let me see, it's Mark Harmon and Christy Alley. Right, are, are the right. love interests the teacher and the, um, the love interest and then it's directed I did not know this it was directed by Carl Reiner huh. uh, Meathead himself yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's cool <laughs> yeah I think um, this was a bunch of years ago but I think it was one of my aunts they were out um, in the area where we are right now and I think she had bumped into Mark Harmon like just happened to be really? in this you know like I think it was like a, like an outdoor festival or something like that and in a small town. So I think he was trying to just blend in. Yeah. And I think she walked up to him and said something like, do you know who you are? <laughs> <laughs> and I think his response was, was polite, but you know, you're Mark Harmon. And you know, it's kind of those, you know, like, Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, let's just try to keep it quiet. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. <laughs> I don't want a crowd, but yeah. do you know who you are? It's yeah. a great, in, um, great introduction. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I think the characters in that, um, the, the two guys that are, I think they're like trying to make like a, like a homemade horror movie or something like oh, that. Yeah. I think it's Chainsaw and Dave. Oh I think yeah. Are the two characters. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, I was looking up just to kind of see if they've continued to act and it looks like the guy who played, uh, Dave, I think his name was Gary Riley. He kind of stopped acting in like the mid nineties or okay. something like that. But Chainsaw has continued to act <laughs> all through, you know, up until present day. But to see a picture of him with like a big gray beard oh, and yeah. bald head, it just, you know, you're like, oh my gosh, we're all so old. <laughs> I think we need to get an interview with Mr. Chainsaw. Yeah, let's, let's make it happen. And if not Dave, because he's not doing anything. Because right. he's not acting right now. Yeah. Uh, another great movie that came out um, in July of 1987 was La Bamba with Lou Diamond Phillips. And it tells the story of um, Richie Valens, who right. 1950s, he was really the first um, Hispanic pop star yeah. really um, out there. And he was a teenage heartthrob. Um, and, you know, my mom grew up in the 50s. She loved all of the doo-wop and, and all mm -hmm. that stuff. She was like, we got to go see this. And, yeah. and uh, you know, it was really a good movie. Yeah, uh, it was well done. Yeah. 
So yeah. I, I liked it. Who was the? Th- it was Richie Valens, the Big Bopper, and Buddy Holly. Right. Yeah, those are the three that uh, perished in the in the plane accident. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was tragic. Yeah. So moving on to another tragic movie, uh, Superman Four. <laughs> <laughs> That's, that's a great segue. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the Quest for Peace uh, oh. was the lowest grossing Superman movie of all time. So does not surprise me. I don't think I saw it. <laughs> yeah. I I might have. But again, it was probably one of those like, you know, free HBO weekends. Yeah. And it yeah. just happened to be on. And, you know, we were half watching it, half not because <laughs> it just wasn't very good. Um, but the, the only notable, you know, uh, piece of history from it is that that was the last Superman with Christopher Reeves oh, as Superman. Man. So, yeah. It was not nearly as good as Superman three with Richard Pryor is what you're saying. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that one was, that one scared the heck out of me. Yeah. Um, when they, when the people would go through and kind of get turned into robots. Yeah. Oh man, I had nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly the quest for peace. If I don't even recall it. <laughs> Um, up next was the Living Daylights, which was the the summer blockbuster for uh, July, and it was the James Bond movie 007, mm-hmm. and it was the first one to um, have uh, actor Timothy Dalton as James Bond. Nice. And uh, you know, I'm I'm a casual James Bond fan, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, it was a good one uh, from what I remember. They all kind of seem to <laughs> blend together, <laughs> to be honest. Uh, you know, but. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I remember there was a, a summer where one of my best friends, he had bought the full collection of all the James Bond <laughs> movies on VHS. Nice. And then, you know, sort of fast forward a little bit to when DVDs started to become, you know, the, the must have. Yeah. He wanted to offload all of his VHS versions of James Bond. And I, yeah. I ended up buying, you know, the full collection on VHS. And, you know, it, I, I did watch, you know, all of them. And uh, yeah. it, it was, you know, it. I think Timothy Dalton did a fine job. You know, I mean, he, I know there's, there's mixed views on you know, his, his ability to be the, the character, but you know, I, I was, I don't know, I guess in general, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty easy on the, you know, the actors. I, I give them all kind of a pass. Just they're fun movies. I just enjoy yeah. the, the whole experience of the character of James. It's all Bond. about the gadgets yeah, and the girls. Exactly. Right? <laughs> well, did that VHS uh, collection uh, increase in value? Well, that's one of the things that over time, the VHSs have not survived in Tim's uh, time capsule of all things from his childhood. So uh, I, they, I, I they don't didn't have, make it. No. Uh, I think the only VHS that survived are like the, you know, the, the track meets and the tra- soccer games that my parents <laughs> recorded when I was a kid. But yeah, the, the movies have, have since moved along. So. So I always kind of liked uh, Timothy Dalton as as um, Bond, but he was supposed to do three movies, but he actually only did two. The other one was uh, License to Kill, right? Um, and then there was some contractual problems, and he oh. just never made the third. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. And as far as like additional movies that he did, I don't really remember much of anything else no. that you know. He, he came from of... that TV show, right? Uh, it was like a, he was like a. Uh, kind of superhero not a superhero like a spy kind of guy huh. I, I can't remember now we're gonna yeah, poor card time yeah, there you go yeah. take that up <laughs> <laughs> and you know I, I you know beyond the the uh, James Bond uh, another big movie it didn't gross nearly as much but it was a huge movie I think just from you know for us you know looking back on the movies that really kind of stuck with us and you know sort of are quintessential to the the, the, the the 80s the lost boys came out in july of 87 great great movie yeah, yeah. yeah. um i think that uh 
uh, it was directed by Joel Schumacher. Right. Um, and had a really a pretty big cast. Um, of course, it had um, our favorite our favorite guy, uh, Corey Feldman. Yeah. Uh, Corey, you're going to be on our podcast. Just, we're just, getting you, bud. We're going to keep talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the other Corey, Corey Haim. Corey Haim, right, yeah. Um, oh, my gosh. Kiefer. Uh, Kiefer Sutherland uh, is in Kiefer it. Kiefer Sutherland, yeah. 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 Uh, um, Diane West was the mom. Okay. And the creepy head vampire was Edward Herman. And it had, uh, wasn't Alex Winter, uh, Ted? Okay. Yeah. Or Bill? Uh, I don't know. I don't remember, honestly. I mean, I should, but I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So we're talking about Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. and Oh, of course. Yeah. No, I'm thinking of characters in the movie. I'm like, I can't remember the characters' names. <laughs> Sorry. I jumped. I jumped. Yeah. Onto him. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. Yeah, uh, yeah. Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. I'm pretty sure Alex Winter was either Bill or Ted. I, I honestly can't remember. <laughs> Well, uh, right. Bill, yeah, that was he was Bill, and then Ted was uh, Keanu. Keanu, okay. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's all co- the brain. Sometimes it's slow, you know. It's just the, the mouse has to start run faster on the wheel. You know? <laughs> uh, and they are talking about making a remake. Oh which, yeah, mm, I don't know. Not necessary, yeah. but they will. Yeah, they will Someone anyway. Will. Yeah, because you and I will go go see it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Tim. In July of 1987, there was actually some good music happening as well, uh, in addition to those awesome movies to go with it, so you could rock out in the car on the way on the way to the theater. <laughs> to the theater, yeah. Nice. And I think what you're going to start seeing is a little bit of transition from the hair metal bands of the 80s and the pop, sure. you know, the yeah. bubble pop, into some, maybe, you know, that beginning of the grunge uh, era yeah. uh, and heavy metal. And um, the biggest album, probably, of the summer was released on July 21st, and it was Guns N' Roses' debut album, Appetite for Destruction. Uh, so many good memories. So. <laughs> <laughs> I remember my uh, my locker, um, the kid next to me, he had the he had like the, the inside of his, t- his cassette. He had like opened it all the way up and taped it inside his locker <laughs> so he could always look at all the lyrics from Appetite for Destruction. Yeah. yeah. One of those albums I probably, you know, uh, knew every single note to yeah. at, at some point. And it's still fun to listen to, to go back and listen to, but I'm not sure it really holds up uh, particularly well. I'm not. Yeah. It's not like a Van Halen 1984. <laughs> <laughs> I still will try to do a, a, my Axl Rose impression when I'm in the car, you know, a sweet child of mine or something. You know? <laughs> um but you know it, it's interesting too though like the band members like you know the you know mm-hmm. slash has you know continued to play and yep. uh, was in velvet revolver with the lead singer of uh, stone temple pilots right. and you know uh, duff was kind of bouncing around between some different bands and um you know the drummer chad um he was a big drummer too yeah yeah, yeah. so you know i i think they well, I, I know, you know, a bunch of years ago when they tried to do their uh, their tour and get back together, yeah. it was like, you know, every concert seemed to be canceled because um, Axel would maybe show up, maybe wouldn't. Yeah. Maybe he could sing that night. Maybe he couldn't. And Yeah. I don't know. My brother was, again, you know, big fan of yeah. the early days of Guns N' Roses and then wanted to go and see them, you know, when they got back together with the Chinese Democracy, I think was the album they yeah. tried to put together. Yeah. And, you know, it was going to happen, not going to happen, going to happen, not going to happen. And, you know, it's like the uh, the tunnels in, in Boston that someday will be finished, <laughs> you know, maybe. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, because you, you had the, the Appetite for Destruction, which was huge. Um, it sold 
Um, it was the best-selling debut album of all time, with more than 30 million copies sold. Wow. And it was a great album. Um, and then they had, like, GNR Lies come right. out a couple years yeah. later, which was, like, a live four live songs and four new songs. And one of those new songs was a just a revision of the other song from, yeah. from that. And then... It was what, uh, no, Use Your Illusion. One and two, yeah. Which were, and they were all, you know, Use Your Illusion one and two were pretty good. Yeah. But then that was it for deck, like 20 years or whatever, how 15 years it took them to release the Spaghetti Incident, which was just covers anyway, I think. And it's such a shame because they they could have been a, a, you know, a, a much more complete band yeah more prolific you know when you look at like what the stones have put out over the years and you know aerosmith and bands like that they just they keep cranking out music and they probably could have been in you know in that same ballpark but they just you know i i mean i don't want to speak too ill of them but i think drugs definitely (laughs) (laughs) contributed to their you know downfall yeah and a lot of alcohol you know you had mentioned the the drummer uh chad but he wasn't the original drummer uh, they had kicked out their first drummer yeah, yeah. from Appetite yeah. um, for drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Definitely not a good scene. They, yeah, they were. Uh, yeah. They like to party, <laughs> yeah, but a good album. <laughs> it, it, you know, it's a good driving album. It's a, it's a, it's a good album. Definitely. Yeah. Um, in addition to that, uh, Eric B and Rakim put out their Paid in Full, um, another great album. Absolutely. Um. This one was on the list, so I felt inclined to put it on there. Um, I, you know, I know I got some metalhead friends. They probably know the band Napalm Death. Uh, the album is Scum. I can't say I've ever listened to it. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I mean, I've listened to some obscure stuff, but I can't say that I've, I've heard that one. Um, another one that uh, I know my, my high school girlfriend was really into was the 10,000 Maniacs, uh, yeah. their album In My Tribe. Um, you know, I, I knew of Natalie Merchant. I I was in a very different place musically <laughs> at that point, so I wasn't a huge fan. Yeah. But, you know. It was all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, another album that came out, uh, this one on July 6th, was Echo and the Bunnymen, self-titled. I'm not. I I know some of my friends love Echo and the Bunnymen, but uh, I couldn't tell you one song they sing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it wasn't something that I, I. Again, I was I was more into you know rock and stuff like that. I yeah. Just, at that point, I just wasn't listening to them. So. Yeah, agreed. Um, again, sort of shifting gears in the style. Uh, Terrence Trent Darby uh, <laughs> introducing the hard line according to Terrence Trent Darby. Great title right <laughs> there. Yeah. A lot of words. <laughs> Um, this was also uh, Grateful Dead uh, released an album. They were still, still, still together and yeah. uh, putting out music in '87. Yeah. It was the In the Dark uh, album, which featured the song "Touch of Grey," which is their biggest hit of all time. It is their only top ten hit uh, for a band that was around for like 40 years. <laughs> yeah, and I remember the video where they had the skeletons playing yeah. all the instruments, and I'm, you know, it's. I can picture like almost the entire video. It was yep. very, you know, memorable, you know, and again, I wasn't necessarily a fan, but that song, you know, touch of great. If, if someone asked me like, do you know any, you know, grateful dead? Like that's the song I think of. <laughs> the dog stole the drummer, the, the leg of <laughs> the, the, leg, the bone yeah. of the, <laughs> <It's just> silly. <laughs> good stuff. Um, Samantha Fox, uh, put out her self-titled album. And uh, Faster Pussycat put out their self-titled album. So a lot of new, new, new 
in, in, new folk trying to get into <laughs> the music industry. We'll leave, we'll leave it at that. <laughs> Sounds good. Some, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, um, you know, in addition to the, uh, the albums, there was a lot of singles that came out that were pretty big. Uh, what were some of the ones that uh, came out? Well, like our intro said, probably if you look at this list, this might be the biggest one out there. Not maybe because it's the best, but it's somehow survived. Rick Astley's never going to give you up. Yeah, it's I, I'm just amazed. Like, I mean, even back then, like, you know, he was pretty young when that song came out. And, you know, it's just comical how kids, <laughs> you know, like the kids now, they're, you know, they'll try to rickroll us or, yeah. you know, it, it, that song, it just gets played, continues to find ways to get played. <laughs> and if you don't know what rickroll, to be rickrolled means is to just be tricked into listening to the song. Yeah. Is really what it is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Prince, you got the look. Prince was still putting them out. Yeah. So good. Uh, yeah, I had a Prince phase where, yeah. you know, I, uh, I, I can't think of the album offhand that I had, but uh, Diamonds and Pearls. And that's oh, yeah. It. yeah. Yeah. And I listened to it a lot. And I really, you know, really got into Prince for a while. Super talented guy. Yeah. I mean, I could only take so much of Prince, but I mean, like I had his, I had like his triple album greatest hits and listened to it countless times because, you know, the good stuff was just so good. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, obviously it's much later in life where I learned like just how talented so he was. Yeah. I mean, he could play every instrument and... Yeah, um, this is sort of a funny story, but a, a guy I went to high school with who's, you know, he's, through his career, he's gotten opportunities to do a lot of, you know, cool stuff, meet a lot of cool people. And apparently there was a point where he was invited to a party that was going to be at Prince's house. And um, they ended up going, but they weren't dressed appropriately or something like that. <laughs> and they only made it into, like, I think the foyer of the house. And Get out of here. As far as they could go. They, they didn't have the right attire to be. Prince said, "Not yeah, to yeah. be in, to be able to go into the party, and uh, it's sort Platform of a se- shoes weren't high enough. <laughs> exactly. It's a secondhand story, so my details are probably a little gray yeah. there. But <laughs> you know, I've heard other you know situations like that where Prince yeah. had very specific yeah. ways that he wanted things to be done, and you know, that, that's cool. I mean, if you're if you're Prince, you can do it. You've changed your name to a symbol. You can do whatever you want. You know, it was it was uh, you know when when he did pass away about five six years ago now." Um, you know, and they said his name. I don't remember his full name, but I didn't never. I never realized Prince was actually his name. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah I, I thought it was like yeah. like a stage name. Like, yeah. oh, we'll call you Prince, right? Yeah. Prince of Rock, or you know, something like that. I was like, oh, that's actually his name. Wow. Yeah, I never realized. I, yeah. I just assumed it was a stage name yeah. as well. Yeah, it's his yeah. real name. Hmm. Cool. Um, this next song, um, <laughs> it makes me laugh because around this time, my sister was into cheerleading. And so there'd be these like cheerleading competitions on a Saturday that would last, you know, eight hours probably or something. I don't know. Yeah. And this song was like, it, I think it was like the, the soundtrack to every single cheerleading, you know, routine. And that was Kylie Minogue's oh. The Locomotion. <laughs> come on, come on, do the locomotion with me. <laughs> Not <a> bad. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, on the complete opposite spectrum <laughs> uh, was Public Enemy's Rebel Without a Pause. <laughs> Slightly different. <laughs> Slightly different. Not played at the cheerleading competitions, Tim? Eh, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, Def Leppard's Woman. Def Leppard had, a, you know, that, that Hysteria album, massive. And yeah. I like, it's like, oh, it feels like every song on that became a single yeah. at some point. Yeah. 
a little side note I always found interesting as a kid was that the guitarist for Def Leppard's name was Phil Collin. <laughs> <laughs> so close to Phil Collins, but <laughs> Phil Collin. Yeah. Uh, in addition, uh, going back uh, in another direction, Ice T, uh, six in the morning. <laughs> uh, LL Cool J's "I Need Love." Okay, I had my LL Cool J uh, phase. phase as well. Yeah, you had one of those uh, hats. <laughs> yeah, I did actually. <laughs> what were they called? Just like a bucket hat or something like that. It, like, like it was like a was it Rue or? Oh, um, oh my God! What was it called? You know what I'm talking about, yeah. right? The red, you typically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we're going to have to look there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael Jackson, I Just Can't Stop Loving You. Uh, this one, you know, I'm sure we, we have this on our uh, on our phones all the time. Lisa Lisa and the Cult Jam, <laughs> Lost in Emotion. Yeah. Uh, and finally, New Order, True Faith. All right. All right. Let's let's finish this up real quick with just the Billboard Top Ten. All what right. were the song? We we just talked about the singles, but what were what was on the radio? What were what was really big? So, um, the Billboard Top Ten, uh, number one, huge hit, brought them back. Uh, remember, they, they this band started in the '70s, and they just had such a major revival. Uh, Heart with Alone. Yeah. Um. Bob Seger, uh, Shakedown from the Beverly Hills Cop 2 album. Nice, nice. Yeah. Uh, Whitney Houston, I, I can still see this video in my head. <laughs> I want to dance with someone who loves me. Yeah. 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 Uh, the System, Don't Disturb This Groove. That one, uh, that one's uh, slipping Did you make mind. that up, Greg? I don't know what that is. <laughs> I don't, never heard of that. Um, this one either, Expose, Point of No Return. I do remember Expose. Okay. The name, anyway. I, Probably if I heard the song, I could mm. sing it for you. But yeah, <laughs> uh, uh, pseudo echo, Funky Town. Is that? Won't you take me to Funky Town, or is that a different Funky Town? It's a good question. One of us should have probably researched it. <laughs> Research. Yeah. Research. <laughs> um, oh, here you go. You two. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Yeah. Which I wish you would find and shut the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, crowded house. Uh, something so strong. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, here's another uh, single from the uh, Beverly Hills Cop 2 soundtrack. I Want Your Sex by George Michael. All right. Yeah. Two off of uh, Beverly Hills Cop yeah. 2. Yeah. Uh, Gloria Stefan and the Miami Sound Machine with Rhythm is Gonna Get You. Does that song just pop in your head? <laughs> like, you just hear the title and now it's gonna it's gonna be in there. It's gonna live rent-free. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and in addition to that, uh, we haven't touched on this before, but um, the TV shows that were going on are available and, and airing during July of 87. Uh, there's some pretty fun uh, shows that were on. It's a nice list. Yeah. Yeah. On Sundays, you could watch Married with Children or 21 Jump Street. That's right. Johnny Depp in the news lately. Don't know if you've heard of him before. <laughs> yep. But long before he was a pirate, he was a teenage undercover cop. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we had on Monday nights, Alf, who didn't love the cat-eating alien, <laughs> Alf. Uh, and then if for the older audience, a little Cagney and Lacey. There you go. Yeah. On Tuesdays, you could watch... Uh, t- <laughs> hold me closer, Tony Danza. <laughs> <laughs> on Who's the Boss? Uh, if you don't get that reference, there's a <laughs> there's a song. Uh, anyway, <laughs> Tiny Dancer, um, and also Matlock uh, was on on Tuesday for those over sixty. <laughs> uh, Wednesday night was a powerhouse. 
Uh, we had Perfect Strangers. Uh, love Perfect Strangers. Night Court. Uh, MacGyver. And then if you're over 60, Highway to Heaven. <laughs> <laughs> Duct tape was never the same for me after watching <laughs> MacGyver. Uh, on Thursdays, The Cosby oh. Show. Uh, Family Ties. And cheers. King of the week, right? Yeah, right there. Thursday yeah. nights. Uh, Friday night, though, we still had Mr. Belvedere. Of course. And Dallas was still running. Okay. <laughs> it was from that mall tour. That was the way. That's what kept it going. <laughs> <laughs> and on Saturday nights, we had Webster, The Facts of Life, and The Golden Girls. Uh, could a show age any better than The Golden <laughs> Girls? <laughs> yeah, that's some good stuff. Some uh, some random facts about July of 1987? Let's do it. All right. So on July 1st of 1987, near and dear to my heart, because I, if you don't know, am a New York Metropolitan fan. And uh, July 1st was the launch of the first ever 24-7 sports talk radio station. Uh, and they featured the Mets. Uh, play, the, the games were broadcast on that station on 660 WFAN. Ooh, WFAN. So. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, in let's see, the third of July, uh, two men became the first hot air balloon travelers to cross the Atlantic Ocean. Nice. Yeah. Uh, on July seventh, um, the Iran Contra hearings began with Colonel Oliver North. I remember it, but I wasn't paying attention. Yeah, no, I could care less. <laughs> <laughs> I was too busy worried about RoboCop. Exactly. <laughs> And coming in just under the wire on July 29th, Ben and Jerry's and Jerry Garcia coming off of his huge fame. <laughs> touch their, of gray. Or touch of gray. <laughs> that's right. Uh, agreed on a new flavor of ice cream called Cherry Garcia. See what they did there? They took his name and they put in a fruit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Hey, Greg, I think it's time for us to do our report card. Sounds good. The um, discussion regarding Prince, uh, I had mentioned that, that Prince is actually his real name, uh, and his full name we didn't get because I didn't remember it, is Prince Rogers Nelson. Prince Rogers Nelson. Nice. Uh, he uh, had a lot of names through his career, like nicknames. Sure. Of course, it was the logo, right? right? The uh, uh, unpronounceable symbol, right? <laughs> as we used to say. Right. Um, this one was probably the, the the biggest besides Prince was the artist formerly known as Prince. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and here's some ones that I had never heard of. I thought this was neat. All right, uh, hit, hit me with them. Let's see. Camille. Nope. <laughs> Joey Coco. Nope. <laughs> the Kid. Nope. Alexander Nevermind? Mm, nope. <laughs> Doesn't that sound like like a, a, a elementary school like book? Yeah, right. Like Alexander and the Very Good or Very Bad No Good Day or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Jamie Starr, Tora Tora, Christopher Tracy, and this last one I have heard of called uh, was His Royal Badness. Yeah, yeah. that one's yeah. His Royal Badness. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty that, good. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> Um, so there was uh, LL Cool J's uh, quintessential hat yes. you mentioned. We couldn't think of um, after you know we were recording. I think I, I remembered it was a Kangle. Kangle. Uh, yeah, okay. I think you had mentioned a Rue or something. <laughs> yeah, like that. I wonder where I got that <laughs> yeah, from. You're, you're on the right track. Just a little bit, a little bit dancing around it. Same continent, wrong yeah. coast. <laughs> um, and we also talked about uh, the song. Ec I'm sorry, uh, Funky Town. Uh, by um, or a pseudo echo, right? And right. they actually covered 
uh, that song, which the original was done by Lips Inc. in 1979. Okay. And it's not that different from... Yeah, I just I think the the pseudo echo one is just a little more '80s sort of techno keyboard kind of quality yeah. to it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, when we talked about the Bond movies, uh, Timothy Dalton, um, he was in a couple other films uh, right around that same time. He was in the Flash Gordon from 1980. Uh, he was also in the Rocketeer in '91. Mm. Um, then jumping ahead, he was in Hot Fu- Hot Fuzz in 2007. <laughs> uh, he was a voice in to- Toy Story 3. Yeah, and yeah. then a movie The Tourist in 2010. Um, and you had okay. mentioned that you thought maybe he was, um, you know, part of a, I a TV he show. Was a TV yeah. show, right? Yeah, but I, I think it was actually um, Pierce Brosnan that was in Remington Steel that you might be thinking of. That. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Remington Steel. How could I get them confused? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're both, you know, they had dark brown hair. So and, same guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I'm giving us a, an A plus on that. Yeah, yeah, I think, of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, did you know that listeners should like, review, and subscribe to the Latchkey Dads podcast? No. <laughs> <laughs> but now I know. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> no, he's out of the battle.